Hey, this is Painting with Girls Gone Right, and we have my friend Megan here with us today. How are you doing, Megan? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am good. So Megan has actually been on Girls Gone Right uh, maybe like once or twice. Um, We've done a few episodes, and the last one was on conspiracy theories. So you have a background uh, doing uh, pop spiracy from, it was a Spotify podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Well, again, thank you for always having me on. I love coming on to your show. Of course. And um, yeah, so I basically, I've always been into weird, I guess, history, facts, whatever. But during uh, the pandemic, my friend Aaron and I started, we're like, there's a lot of, you know, the darker conspiracy theories going around. So we started to realize there's also a lot of pop culture conspiracy theories. Like, you know, is Tupac actually still alive is kylie jenner a clone like really there's ridiculous ones like the birds aren't real movement and we started posting on tiktok and grew like a significant following and then spotify picked it up as a podcast so i spent about two years creating a podcast once a week called pop spiracy talking about pop culture conspiracy theories yeah and it was fascinating i love hearing the outlandish conspiracy theories because whether or not they're true or not it just engages really good conversation especially the comment section like i feel like reddit is the 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 breeding ground for crazy conspiracies and i love to just see them and then i love the comment section because people go off they're the best and especially because we started on tiktok the comments on those were wild the account's still Mm -hmm. up it's under it's conspiracy seriously if you do want to check it out we haven't posted it in like a year but yeah, the comments, because people really believe them and they get really angry if you don't agree with the conspiracy or you try to debunk it, like they're going to come for you. Um, and it yeah. says something kind of about like us as a society that we're that fixated with conspiracy theories, but there is something really fascinating about them. Yeah, I believe it was you that told me that FBI actually coined the conspiracy theories to distract people. Yes, exactly. That's funny you remember that. I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, they did. And there's like, there's just weird stuff too. I mean, even politically speaking that, you know, I know you and I probably don't like really fully trust the government and I'm su- assuming yeah. most <laughs> listeners don't, but there's just weird stuff like the Montauk project where they did like telepathy experimentation on people, the Philadelphia Whoa. project where they tried to like teleport our, our Navy crew. Like they, they've just been doing sketchy stuff for a really long time. So it kind of really, the more I dug into it, it really solidified the beliefs I had already had about the government. (laughs) Yeah. And especially like three letter organizations, like that is a rabbit hole of just like, is it even a conspiracy or like what's true or not? I feel like it's like a fine, like there's some things where it's like, okay, that's kind of outlandish. Who knows? But I think there's kind of truth to every one of them. And it's like the sentiment behind it. Like what doesn't the government want you knowing or doing for some certain reason? For sure. And I almost, I also think they put stuff out, you know, this gets thrown around a lot, but, but they do like for misinformation, misinformation or disinformation, Mm -hmm. and they'll put stuff out that is like slightly a little bit off. Um, but the basis of it really could be real and that's what confuses people. So that whole thing, it's, there's a lot of wormholes you could go down. Yeah. Yeah. So many. And like, that is just, uh, a conversation for another time, but we want to talk about your book today. So it is called The Punchlines to Profit. Is that correct? Yeah, just Punchlines okay. to Profit. And yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about your book and why you decided to write this book. Okay, so I've always wanted to write a book since I like was came out of the womb. I, I just love reading and writing. And I used to write like short stories. I've written a few children's books, but never published them. And this kind of just was a perfect storm. I basically have always been a comedian. Um, I was a comedian in LA for 10 years, and I still do stand up and create comedy sketches. But I also own a marketing and production company. And I basically was just like, I started to realize that a lot of our clients and a lot of the content I make, whether it's my sketches or even like my current podcast, um, it's called Megan Explores It All, but it's about, you know, history, culture. I always throw comedy into it and I just think it makes things a little more interesting. And I've noticed that for our clients, if they implement comedy into their content, they get more views. So the book is basically about how to create a revenue generating content strategy, leveraging the power of comedy. So it could apply to any content creator, any business owner, any entrepreneur who's creating content. And it just shows you, even if you don't want to be super goofy, but just how to lighten up your content and make it stand out amidst like the never ending content stream that's online. Yeah, no, I think that's really important is like finding a way to make things stand out. And I went to school for marketing and something that we studied was like the, yeah, so I I kind of like that's cool. Yeah, it's it's been very beneficial to what I'm doing now. Like yeah. I know a lot of people don't end up in their careers or what they're do like what they got a degree in. Um, so you know, I'm glad I did. I took that path because I felt like I was able to take a lot of that and actually use it. Um, but something that we learned was just you have to be able to make someone feel something, whether that is a laugh or something Mm -hmm. that is uh, like has a lot of sentiment in it or is like heartwarming you and and whether that's in a marketing campaign or if that's in your content that you're scrolling past on TikTok, you want someone to feel emotion and connected to that. I feel like some of the most memorable marketing campaigns, you have felt something. What is that? Uh, It's like a, it's always the gum commercials that I feel like tells (laughs) such a good story. I don't know why, but they just, it's like a gum. They, they're selling gum, gum but they give yeah. you a whole life story. It's like one of them, like where they always wrote on the wrappers. Yep. And it was I've like, I, like, yeah. And it was like, it told their whole relationship. And then it was like, will you, ma-? like, I love you. And then it was like, will you marry me? And it's like, you know, it's like this something that's like super sentimental yep. and you like, it's that power that you like left in, in that 30 seconds or 60 minutes, 60 seconds that they had your attention they were able to captivate you and make you feel from nothing to something and 100%. change your mind. Uh-huh. So. And no, I could tell you get it because that's literally like the power of brand is it's not a logo. It's not, you know, the text they use. It's not the font. It's the feeling you get from a mm-hmm. brand. Like I use in my book, Nike, for example, you go to a Nike store, anyone, anywhere in the world, you're going to think athleticism. That's just what, or yeah. maybe like sweatshops in China, but you know, originally you're going to think about athleticism. Yeah, I love <laughs> but, that. But, you know, it's 100%. You're completely, you're completely right. And I've always resonated with commercials that have actually either been super sentimental, like you just said, or super funny. And like one that changed my life was the Dollar Shave Club commercial. I don't know if you've seen okay. it, but it's really funny. And I talk about that in my book too. But it's just, I started to notice over the years, I was like, yeah, everything I remember is either very, very sentimental or very, very funny. And mm-hmm. either way, it's, you know, it's the opposite side of the same coin. It's it's evoking emotions, exactly like you said. Yeah. And yeah, like whether it's from one end 
to the next another gum commercial that is like phenomenal and i think it's probably like the same gum orbit or something it's like shut your uh or it's like you lit liquor like remember i forgot what it was but like they're going back and forth and they're like shut the front door you lit liquor oh my gosh oh they're like like mixing up the the words kind of yes i think i remember this yes Yes. And it's like pay or like, will you pay me in gum or something? And so like, they just find these things that make it like very funny. And then like, for that reason, like, I'll never forget these commercials that I've seen like 20 years ago. Yep. Exactly. Like literally like 20, 15 to 20 years ago that I've seen these commercials because a lot of them are older, but like you just see them and it is like, you'll never forget it because it's like that punchline that and it's also like that punchline is conveyed with something like how are they delivering it it's like so funny and it's like now it's a punchline and people like use that punchline and now it's an inside joke like you'll watch a commercial exactly with your and you'll see something and it creates like this inside joke and community community within yep. the brand yep so that's like 100%. a very very powerful powerful thing i Wait, love I- that you are writing a whole book on this because i feel like it's like it, it is something that it's like not just content right like it can be marketing it can be simply like anything that any aspect of your business this can be related to no it's true i'm even i started teaching a um an improv class to business owners and entrepreneurs i mean yeah business owners and entrepreneurs really for anyone but it's primarily that demographic and even just using comedy to like get them out of their heads and be able to talk to people in like a more fluid relaxed way Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just really being able to connect with them. And I think, yeah, basically the whole book, it goes into every aspect of digital marketing and then it goes into how to infuse it with comedy, but it is establishing just authenticity and that emotional connection because we, now there's not just, you know, cable TV commercials. There's so much content online. So you have to do something that's going to stand out, especially if you're really trying to build a powerful brand. Yeah. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree. Like I, don't no one watches like cable tv anymore no. it's very rare that people even have cable my parents so, don't even yeah yeah my parents don't have cable like i think it's just like it's it's kind of done with so the commercials that you're seeing is a lot of user generated content yep. like a lot of people are just doing promotions within people on social media because that's where everyone's eyes are so mm-hmm. and a lot of the campaigns that i'm seeing are already integrated in social media like i don't have to like go on tv to see something so i can't even tell you like the last time i actually like saw a commercial on tv because i just like i don't have that and like everything like netflix there's no commercials so you pay for no. to not have it no now it really is same i only the only commercials i see are on social media and also these big brands and companies because they know mm-hmm. everyone's on social media they're putting those you know cable ads even if they are running them on cable on social media because that's mm-hmm. that's where most of the eyes are now yeah that's true like it's either like you're going to like have to see it on like i mean there are some spaces like twitter where you will see like the paid ads section exactly. it's like very few and far in between but i think that's like great that you're doing that and it's also like yeah the comedic relief is not something that is just in content creating it's not just in business i think it's a how some people communicate right like it creates authenticity you're breaking the tension which you know i think a lot of people that it's a skill that has to be developed for sure and i i'm super passionate about comedy i like has saved my life on countless occasions uh and i think it's it's really it's super powerful the next book i want to write is basically about the psychological benefits of comedy which i get into a little bit in my book but it really is powerful and i make i talk about this in the book but basically it's, it's like drama makes you look at your your flaws and your faults and kind of like cry about it and, and want to run away from yourself. Whereas comedy can do the same exact thing 
while allowing you to laugh at yourself and then learn from yourself and embrace your imperfections. And I think there's something really powerful about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that you are doing something like that. I feel like psychology to me, like that is something that I'm just like so fascinated in because the brain is insane. Like it is so interesting to understand how the brain works and it kind of just demonstrates like why people's behaviors are the way that they are. Yep. And it's like, you have to have a deep understanding as to like why people have this kind of behavior, especially in today's society. That is oh, a yeah. fascinating thing. It's like, why are people acting like, like, why are people doing these things? It doesn't make sense, but like it does if you understand the deep psychology of it. And I think like, especially nowadays we need more humor to like, not everything has to be an advocacy movement uh, and make some sort of like change in the world like I feel like everyone has a very serious tone yes and everything is offended everyone is offended by something everyone is a victim it's like no it's okay to just laugh and like I make some jokes <laughs> like I I like to poke fun at things and like it offends people I'm like we don't have to be offended though no like, that's the thing no and that's a, another big reason I wrote this is because I did stand up for 10 years and I I do it still now but there was a period starting probably 2018 through 2019 and especially after that I really started feeling like the tide was changing and I for the first time in my life started getting worried about what I was saying and I usually Mm -hmm. don't at all I never thought about it and I started to censor myself when I was doing stand-up and improv and I was also in LA so that's like a whole other thing but um yeah, no, I do think I, I wrote it because I want I think people do need to take themselves less seriously right now. And actually just embrace the fact that yes, you still can be funny, you can crack jokes, exactly like you said, you don't need to, you know, get offended by everything. And if people are going to get offended, they're going to get offended. It's fine. But I think mm-hmm. comedians, it's important to like, stay, you know, kind of like stand your ground and say like, no, we're comedians, like, the court jesters were the only ones who'd be able to get to the king and not be killed because they were making jokes. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's important to just not back down on that and still embrace comedy and have a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I feel like the some comedians just feel like they have to shift their jokes because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. They're like, oof, like, yep. uh, I don't know I, if I can say this in a room full of people, you never know how they're going to react, but it's like, you have to be authentic. And like, mm-hmm. that is your brand. If you're constantly changing for your audience, what is your brand? That is exactly. very confusing. Like you can't just keep changing. Like you, I mean, essentially like you have to listen to your market in like an overall business to some extent. But if you are constantly, like if you're fluid, no one knows that they can trust you because they don't know what kind of brand you're going to be next week. A hundred percent. You have to stand for something. And you sent me a really great video actually kind of about this last night. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the podcast name again? Uh, it's called Think Media. Yes, which is funny because my husband, I didn't even know he listens to that podcast. So. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, it's, he, it was great. But mm-hmm. it was the same concept of like, if you want to build a brand or something that really has value and impacts people, you have to believe in yourself and you have to also just stay on your on your messaging. Like you, you can't shift it based on like what's trending or what's going viral or what people are liking in the moment. And I yeah. think, yeah. Yeah, especially, so this this Think Media, I'll, I'll link it below for you guys. But this one was, uh, Sean is the per- the host of Think Media, and he was just explaining how to be a Christian and how to also be a content creator or just like how to be a Christian entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like 
it's especially in content creation because I feel like it's so demanding in the sense that what like where's your virality what are your what are your views like everything is based on views it's like a sales position right like everything's commission based everything is based on views and like your sales numbers so it's like it feels very competitive to be in this space and it's very hard to take time away and it's hard to not constantly be on your phone because you feel like you're like it's a everything is a missed opportunity everything that you decide not to act on feels like a missed opportunity. It's like, I can't take a month off or like, I can't take a week off and go on vacation without making content because like, that's my life. Like, how will I grow? And I feel like there's such, it's like such a high threshold and it's, it's a lot. And like, I know in YouTube, like there are people like in, especially like content creation, podcasting and such people like uh, take the month of, month of July off because that's like said to be the oh, slowest month of I the year. I believe. Yeah. That's like, I oh, think that's, that's like the off. Yeah, it is. It's, I, I don't know why, but I think that's like one of the, sl- might be one of the slowest months in YouTube. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, you have like some, I think it's uh, Stephen Crowder takes the month of July off or most of the month of July or they're Actually, like pre-recorded no, something. You're right. I remember that. He does do that, but I only know him. I guess I, I always associate December with people taking it off because of the holidays, but I think mm-hmm. July is great because it's in the middle of the year. It's summer. Um, Mm -hmm. and you, you know, people are kind of traveling more and they're out doing their own thing. So I, I think that totally makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, it's not everyone that that does it, but, um, I feel like it's just because like, statistically speaking, like if you're looking at numbers, that is like a dip in the year. So that's when a lot of people are like, okay, if I'm going to take any time off, it's going to be this month. And he always like does talk about like, you can't just always be posting. Like you're not going to be like you, you actually do need to take time off and you can't always be hustling because you're going to come back better from that time off. And like, you're going to have more energy and you're going to have more drive. Um, So it's just interesting to like hear from his perspective about like, it's, I don't know, content creation is just a lot. And you have to remind yourself, especially to like your values, like, why am I posting this? This is something that I is like my new year's resolution is like when I'm posting something, like I have to ask myself, why am I posting this and who am I posting this for? Yep. Because like sometimes I catch myself posting things. I'm like, I, who is this for? Like, I don't, if it's something on my story, like why do people need to see this? I don't know. Like this is oversharing. Mm-hmm. And like to a certain extent, people feel like they have all of this privilege to my life and act like they know me. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, why do they act like they know me? They don't know me. And it's because I overshare. And like, I'm so guilty of that. And now it's like, now that it's in my head, like I'm trying to be very cognizant of it because I catch myself posting things and I don't know who they're for. I don't know who my audience is. It's like, I just felt like the need to post, Yep. which is insane. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have not even noticed that I've been doing that. But it's like, especially with scripture too, like, am I posting this for like, is this going, is this fulfilling my purpose? Do I need to make an announcement about this? And that was something crazy too. He's like, everyone is making announcement posts. Yep. I Where is just the doing it? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like. That's insane because like we all, we all, we like, all get do caught it up in this. Oh yeah. yeah. It's so easy. I mean, I, like I started creating content. I'm older than you, but like I started making videos on Instagram when they first rolled out the video feature and like there, I, there is so much content I've put out that is absolutely humiliating, especially as like a comedian oh, in LA. Like I did the most outrageously embarrassing stuff and when I look back on it, I cringe, but like, but it's true. I think it's taken me a very long time to get to the point of like, hey, what am I doing? And what is the intention <laughs> yeah. behind it? Because it is easy. Like these social media apps feed our egos. And so mm-hmm. you see, there's so many times where I grab my phone. I'm like, I'm, you know, posting a selfie or I'm doing this. And then afterwards I'm like, why did I, what am I, what, what, yeah. why did I do that? 
What, like, what am I doing this for? That I do think if you can at least try to train yourself to just think like the intention behind it. And I think people fall into, and I have 100%, when you don't necessarily know what your brand is or you're shifting brands and you're mm -hmm. experimenting, I think that's the hardest part when you're just trying to figure it out. So there's always going to be periods of growth and change. And sometimes you will post content that's ridiculous and maybe you shouldn't have, but I, I think if you can just keep coming back to the intention of what you're doing. Yeah. And like your show is a great example. You know, you're providing value, you're teaching people things, you're interviewing cool people. And so, you know, it's not like you're just posting like thirst traps on, mm -hmm. on social media. But even then, it's like, you. it is important to come back to that. Yeah, it's, it's important to have that compass and remind yourself in any business, but especially content creation, because it's all the all these influencers are in the space. So you have to just have that moral compass and uh, like i have some cringy stuff on social media i used to be a beach body coach like did, you i didn't know see, that <laughs> if you want to see embarrassing i did mlm and i have all oh, I've done content that. oh my gosh and i'm like what am i doing it's like me working out because i'm like trying to like coach other people and it was like a disaster like but it's taken me this long i i've been doing girls gone right for over two years and like that has been like after that like i shifted my brand because like this is like what i want to be pouring yeah. everything into but it took a long time it takes a long time to build a brand like Such a brand a is time. like it's like a lifetime thing. Like it's, it is. it's always going to be changing, but it takes so long to actually feel like you're in your zone and like, you know, exactly what you're doing. Like that 100%. takes a long time to build. So long. And I get, I'm a very impatient person and I'm super hard on myself, but even with my comedy, like I've been doing comedy for, I don't know, like 12 years now. And I don't have, like, I've seen people blow up and get millions of followers, but it's like, I'm not going to stop because I love it. And then mm -hmm. even in terms of my other stuff I've done, like I did a conspiracy theory podcast, like I'm not doing that now, but it, it was an evolution. And, you know, then from that comes a different, a different idea and then a, a different brand, but it, you just have to stick to it and keep building, especially if you believe in it. Like once you have that idea and it's a feeling like you'll know, you're like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And you just, yeah. you just stick to it and try not to get distracted by, oh, this person's doing this, so I should start doing this because it's going viral mm -hmm. now. You're like being influenced by the world of influence. A hundred percent. Like I, I'm guilty of it all the time. I see like a food blogger and I'm like, oh, should I start cooking food videos? And I'm like, I hate cooking. What am I talking about? You're like, oh, that looks aesthetically pleasing. Like let me do ASMR of me cooking. Literally. You're like, I don't know how to cook, but I'll do it. And yes. I, I love what you said about like, like other people blowing up and it hasn't happened yet and I feel like I'm like I mean I see it like I have friends in this space and like it's so great to see them blow up and I'm like wow like my TikTok gets shit views and like that's okay but it's like it you have to really stay grounded and passionate because yes if if you this is like you will know if you are not doing the right thing because when you do not blow up and things get hard you will not want to do this anymore oh, you're gonna you, be like well you're gonna quit immediately there's no yes, like there's no reason you're gonna want to stay like at all yeah yeah like so you have to make sure that you're doing something that you love because this has been a journey of like two and a half years for me and like the first two years got like no traction. It, it, it like was very like, it was just small. And like, I was okay with that. It's not like I was like, oh, like where are all the people? Like I knew that like, this was something that I was just doing because I was passionate about. Like I wasn't doing it for gr like extreme fast growth. Like I was just doing it because it was something that I loved in it, but it took literally two years for it to actually like significantly grow. Like this was the year of change. And like, I'm so grateful for that. But it took a really long time and it's like still not like it's like blown up, but I've seen other people in this space blown up 
And it's just like, I mean, really, it is like consistency. And I feel like that yep. always wins because like, it also like if I almost gave up at the beginning of this year, like it, it was January. Um, I was like going through like my career changes and like the needs and stuff. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I just like have time for this anymore. Like I might just give it up. So there was a time yep. th- this year, months, like a few months before I actually started seeing success, I almost quit. And so like, to me, like I, if I didn't know what was about to come, I almost just threw in the hat and entered it. And I'm so glad that I stuck with it. But it's like, you never know when that point is going to come, like where everything shifts. And you do have to just make sure that you are in the right space. If you, and like you said, like you'll know it in your heart. Like if it is something that you feel really passionate about, like I can't imagine my life without doing this. Like I, exactly, it, that feels like so foreign, foreign to me. And I know it, I feel like that probably sounds like crazy and psychopathic. No. Like, oh my gosh, she can't not create content. But it's like more than that. It's like, no, this is like, I have a vision. Yeah. And like, I can't see my future without this because I, this is what I see. A hundred percent. And it's, it's, even when you first told me about it, like, you know, you knew that, and even I, I was like, that's a fantastic idea. And you're obviously very passionate about it. So no matter, you know, if one person blows up, life is long. Like we have a lot mm-hmm. of years coming. Like you could blow up when you're 65, literally. Like my yes. friend's mom is 74 years old and she has now 400,000 followers on TikTok. She started what? posting a year and a half ago and she has blown up. So it doesn't matter like if it takes you 40 years and someone else five years, like things go in cycles. And if it is something you're passionate about and you just, you you have to do it. Like I've taken periods off of comedy and then I get really depressed and I'm like, wait, why yeah. am I, why do I want to make these dumb videos? Like why, what is it about these videos that are like, I, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing them because I love doing them. I don't care. Yeah. And if it, if you do notice, like it's a good litmus test. If you're like, Hey, I'm going to take a month off and see how I feel. And you will know if you're over it. Like I promise yeah. you it's, you'll, yeah, it's, it's like- it'll become clear. Like you said, it's like, why, why do I miss making these videos? And it's like, okay, great. Like a lot of the things I get, don't get, or a lot of the things that I make and post, like they don't get that many views. And, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, but like, I feel like I have to make this. Yeah. Like I, I can't describe it. Like I, it's like something is calling me to do this. Well, it's also, I mean, I've taken every acting and art class and whatever. And I talk about this in my book a little, but I mean, at the end of the day, you kind of just sound like an artist. Um, and that you have that impulse of creation. And I think there's something really like divine about it. But if Mm -hmm. you, I mean, I've just been like that since I was a kid. Like if I'm not creating something, I get really bad anxiety. I get, I get a depression. Like I have to have an outlet and it's, there's, there's a, his name's Rick Rubin. Um, and he, he coaches, he's actually the head of Def Jam Records, which is funny because he's just like this long haired white dude who's like. Yeah, he's a character, but he talks about this and he's like, there's a spiritual element of creating and that if you're called to do that, your soul is literally telling you, I have to keep creating something. And when you, it's in line with your vision, it becomes super powerful. So, um, and it's, it's past the point of creating for other people. You're creating for yourself and you're creating because like you said, you're called to create. And Mm -hmm. I think if you feel that really strongly, you're never going to stop. Um, and you know, I think it's like you have like an artist soul. Like that's how I look at it. You're just, you constantly want to make something. I love that. I've like, I've never heard that before, but I honestly, I do feel like it is such a divine appointment. Like ever since like, I was like, I'm starting this brand and like committed to like the content creation. It was like never a moment of like, I mean, there has been times, like I said, like I almost quit at the beginning of this year because I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this. And then I'm just like, I 
but it's like at the same time, I can't imagine my life without it, but it'd be end. It's God has always opened doors for me. And I fully believe in that. Like when I am doing the right thing and I'm walking in the path that God has designed for me, I know when I'm doing that. And I mean, and I know when I'm not like when I'm not walking in God's path, everything is very difficult. I have a lot of like less opportunities and everything feels very hard. And it's like, I feel like I'm in close, like this doesn't feel right. But I'm, when I'm walking in God's path, like everything feels easier. Like it feels like God is opening doors for me. And so like, that's what I've experienced through doing this. And at the end, like I see something so much more and it's like, they always say that like, no one understands, like everyone not, or like everyone has sight, but not everyone has vision. And I love that because it's like, not everyone's going to be able to see what you have like in store. Like what, like when you see your brand, it's like, this is like what I foresee in the next 20 years. And it's like, okay, no one else is, no one else is going to see that. It's like, I have this thing and like, this is what I want to happen. It's like, you can like see it through like your lifespan. And like, to me, it's like, this is like something that I'm not just like, making money like this is not extremely profitable but it's like something what I see is like it's like the long-term thing like right like I want to do this forever and I want to create a legacy like I want to create something way bigger than me so that way like when I'm no longer able to do this like I want to leave something and it's like whatever whatever you're doing like you have to like commit and marry the idea that this is going to be a legacy and this is going to be something more and like that's where like that's what passion makes if you're not passionate like, I'm sure you can go start a business and it be successful for a little bit. And then when things get hard and it feels like you're rolling a ball uphill, you, you, you might feel more inclined to quit. But like when you're really passionate about something, quitting is not an option. No, because you realize you either quit and what else are you going to do? You don't do nothing or you like, <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's kind of the same as being an entrepreneur and that, you know, you're just, it's just that mindset of like, you're going to keep going. You want to keep creating. You want to keep yeah, you want to make something bigger than you, like you said. And I think that's like a super powerful concept. You should read, uh, I'm going to send you the name of Rick Rubin's book. I just read it and I don't yeah. even remember the name of it. But he talks about this a lot from an artist's perspective. And I think it's fascinating. Yeah, definitely. I send that to me because I would love to read that. That is just like so fascinating. I love talking about this stuff because I feel oh, like me too. people see it. And it's, it's great to like connect with other creators and like hear their thoughts. But have you ever like had a point and I mean, you had a podcast before this, have you ever had a point where you were just like, I I think I'm just going to do something else? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I was in Hollywood for 10 years acting and writing and doing stand up and comedy and, um, it's hard. Like that was, it's a struggle. And I mean, I'm still doing it. But there's so many points where I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to keep doing this. Um, and I've, I've just kept going, like you said, because it's like, I get depressed if I don't. At the end of the day, I just want to do it. But in terms of other things, like, yeah, I, I started a conspiracy theory podcast and our contract ended with Spotify. It was actually part of their like live streaming that they, they basically completely like outspent themselves. So they stopped the live streaming and you know, you get to a point where I started to kind of do it on my own, the conspiracy theories. And I was like, ah, I don't know. This isn't right for me. But it's really hard to recognize that, hey, this isn't working. And this isn't necessarily in line with what I'm doing. And so I'm going to shift. And that's happened to me multiple times, not just with art, but also even in in business. And my dad and my grandpa, they're both like serial entrepreneurs. So I grew up hearing this nonstop is like, if it's okay to pivot, it's okay to be unsure and change your mind and do something else. And it's scary. It's very scary Mm -hmm. when that happens and you feel alone and you feel unsure. And there's that period of like stress and anxiety. 
Um, and, but you just, you pivot and you just keep going. And so it happened even now, like this new podcast I started, it's, it's been a year of me trying to figure out what I want to do. Like, you know, I was going to maybe partner with someone else and then I've gone back and forth and it's just been a lot of this, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I just, if you just keep chugging away and you realize like, okay, I'm shifting and I'm in this phase of not knowing and that's okay. And then you pivot and you create something else. But if you're a creator, you're a creator that's it. Like, I think that you will come up with some other topic if that's not it. And there's a lot of trial and error in being a creator. So yeah, I've definitely had those periods and I know they're stressful and they're scary, but if you just ride it out and realize, I mean, it's kind of a metaphor for life. Like life is like that, you know, mm -hmm. you just have to like ride the wave. And if at the end of the day, if you do want to keep creating, it's going to happen no matter yeah. like what the topic it is. And eventually you will land on it. It's just about, and I talk about this in my book too, but you have to just keep trying if you just stop, you're doing these mental gymnastics of, oh, what should I do? Should I do this? Should I? It's like, just do it. Like, that's basically what I forced myself. I'm like, just start making this different content and just see what happens. Yeah. And then I just, th that's it. After six months, I'm finally like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Like, but it was six mm -hmm. months of me not knowing what the hell I was doing. Yeah. I love that. And I, I really do think that it is like with any, like you said, it's anything in life you have to stick with it because it's also like, if you really want to understand your purpose and what your calling yeah. is, you can't give up on those things. If you have something in your heart, ignore this giant train that I live oh, by. I live near a train too. That That's so funny. There's a whole train that I goes through that. my entire area and it drives me crazy sometimes. I thought that was oh. mine. <laughs> I thought that was my train. I'm like, no, this is my train. <laughs> I it's love that. so funny yeah no mine's just it's the same shit it's oh it's horribly horribly loud like and it comes like once a day but then you know who knows it depends how hard oh mine's way more than that working. so sometimes <laughs> yeah. i'm like i can't it drives me crazy oh, but it's like the God. whole it's the whole area i live in so i can't really escape it yeah and it's like that dang transportation um <laughs> but i think it's like with anything that in life like if you really want to know your purpose and like you have everyone I feel like has like something in their heart of like oh my gosh I really want to do that but a lot of people are scared to actually just do yes. it like they they don't want to leave their comfortability but it's like also to me in my head what I think about is what if like if I would have not taken that opportunity like I would fear not knowing like I would exactly. rather go out and do something and fail and be like well well, it didn't work out, but at least, you know, you can always go back. Like if you, if you end up like going out and doing something and stepping out into a dream and you fail, there's always like something else that you can do. Like, sure, you can go live, you can go work a normal eight to five. If it doesn't work out, you can find something, you'll, you'll figure it out. But to me, like, I would rather just try and know and fail and know that that door is closed versus live like in 40 years living my life and being like, dang, like, I, I really wanted to start a podcast, but I never did. And I worked exactly. in insurance for 50 years, but never, I wish I took the opportunity because like, who knows, but like, you know, I, I like, I don't know. I just feel like it's like something that you have to live with is not like knowing that you didn't try something and like, you never know what's going to work out. And I feel like the best entrepreneurs are the ones that are just so passionate. And like, yep. and like we've talked about like the ones that quitting is not an error failing and quitting is not an answer like you are exactly. going to fail in your career like there are going to be points like where you're going to fail but it's like that doesn't mean you're going to quit like just because you fail does not mean that you're a failure I think failures make you a better entrepreneur they make you 100%. better in everything that you do so what has been your biggest failure and I'll share mine it's a great question I mean I've started like 
e-commerce brands that have just mm-hmm. totally bombed. Like I have like, I have, I don't know how many boxes in our closet of like product that just didn't sell. Uh, yeah. I've, um, I mean, I've, I've bombed badly, badly, badly doing standup where like I'm crying for weeks on end. Uh, oh my God. like, yeah, no, like bad, bad. Uh, I've, I've made movies that I thought were going to blow up and they went nowhere. I've, uh, auditioned for something that I thought I was hundred percent going to get and absolutely did not. I mean, probably the biggest fails would be, I'm not really deterred by failing because I, I like a sick part of me kind of likes it. <laughs> like, yes. I was going to say the same I, thing. Like, I gotta enjoy it. Yeah, no, like I, I mean, really, the most brutal thing ever was was stand up. Is is failing at that? Like you, you. I mean, I've been in a crowd of like there's a hundred people, and I am not getting any laughs. And then I like I'm like a little tipsy, and I like am completely humiliating myself beyond humiliating, like just next level, like yelling at the audience for not laughing at me, getting oh asked to gosh. leave. Like, yeah, no, bad. But but at the end of the day, like you're still in the arena. Like you're not That's on iconic the iconic though. You're, you're like you're... I still did it. Well, yeah, and also I'm like, okay, I did that. I don't care what happens at all. Like if I can deal with that, like I don't care. Like now I'll get up yeah. and do anything. So Yeah, but... you're like, listen, I've been through worse. Oh, way worse. Way worse. And I'll I'll see friends who like they'll do a show and they'll get a couple laughs and they're just like, I'm never doing this again. I'm like, What? That's like nothing. You gotta just keep you gotta keep going. Um, but like, yeah, I like to think of the analogy of like, you're in the arena, you're doing it, mm-hmm. you you are a player, as opposed to the majority of the populations that's watching you play. So like, you're in yeah. it. So who cares if you fail? But but yeah, yeah, if my biggest one would probably be stand up, stand up fails and, and failed, yeah. failed businesses for sure. Like our marketing company has gone through so many iterations and and fails and trying to sell people stuff and making commercials that were just horrific. Like I look back and I'm like, I don't can't believe we were advertising that. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's too many for me to tell you just one. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I mean I'll tell you some of my failures. Yeah. Like oh my gosh, um, uh, when I first started this podcasting thing, oh I watched the first episode and I watched it recently and I was like, oh my god, who is that person? Which Why is totally normal. Like that? Yeah. yeah, like that was that was weird of her to be like that. And so like I watched that and I'm like, ooh, it's cringy to watch. It was with Jason Miller and I think I actually took it down off YouTube just for like my Oh, I remember sanity. that from Getter, right? Oh, yes. And I was like, yeah. and it was like a really weird, like I was talking in a really weird voice and it wasn't my voice. And I was like, okay, that was a weird thing to go watch because I do not talk like that. It was really weird. So there was like that, that was like a very cringe thing that I looked back on. Um, I mean, let's see, like, Girls Gone, like, we, it went through, like, Girls Gone Right has been through it. Like, it was... I've seen a, you change, like, it's it's completely evolved. Like, I'm so impressed yeah. with, with, I mean, even, like, where it is now, because I have seen you go through different, not yeah, that any of it was bad it. from my perspective, but, like, you had different partners, you were doing it, yeah. like, you know, with different people, and now, like, you've just made it your own thing. Yeah, you've seen it, like, through, like, its whole lifespan. And, like, it went through just, like, being an RSS feed, like, there was no video, and there was no vlog, yeah. there was no nothing like hands-on about it so like it went through all of that it was just an rss feed and then it was just like a women's group in charlotte so like it started off as that um we did oh the bot like the biggest failure was a conservative speed dating event that was in charlotte no men showed up like men signed up and (laughs) never showed up so it was just literally girls like hoping they were gonna meet someone 
No, I think it was one guy that showed up or something, and it was just a really weird event. Um, so that was just like a total failure. And I'm like, looking back, it's like all of these things, like, and I've had different business partners. Like, I've had like some things bite me in my ass that have like oh, really like, like, and it's like, wow, that like sucks. Like, now I have to deal with all of this and like things that just like uh, business partnerships and collaborations that did not go over well. And it's yep. like, you have to protect your business at the end of the day. And it makes things really hard. And everything's a lesson learned. Like that's what I see in my eyes. Another freaking train, of course. It's funny, um, but I was going to say my, mine just went by. I don't know if you heard it, trains. but mine just went by. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's um, like I, everything that I have learned so far. Also, like there was, uh, I mean, we still sell apparel, but like we tried and that's just like that. That's a whole nother industry that like, that's hard. I'm not. I'm not equipped for that. I'm, I'm a content creator. I don't have time to like, it's like, I'm going to do what I do, like what I do best. And that is content creating. So like, yeah. I, I tried it out. I dipped my feet in. Um, but it's just like, if again, like you, you have to go where you are talented. You can't just, it's like, uh, what do they say? It's like, um, someone that is just like, you're doing something totally off brand. It's like someone that is like a nurse trying to do accounting. Like you're not good. Yeah. At, like, why yeah. are you trying to force yourself to do that? So I'm like, that's just like, it's not me. Like you need to stick to doing what you're good at. And that's like what I've been brought through. So like multiple business partners didn't work out. Um, conservative speed dating event that totally flunked. Uh, like, I mean, it went from like totally changing and shifting, like just an RSS feed once a week and like mostly on Instagram to like fully being on YouTube. So it's like this business had seen so much. I'm like, there's been interviews that I've bombed oh, to that. Like, <laughs> like that. I'm like, Whoa. Um, I think like, uh, I, I, I have the bloopers up, so I'll just tell you about it. But since it's already posted, but I have, we have Madison Cawthorn on the podcast and I like, the oh, that, bloopers, I, didn't know that. I kept, cool. yeah, he, um, it was like over the summer and he was, he's great. And like when we were first doing it, I kept saying, I would like introduce myself there like, you know, Hey, this is Peyton with the girls gone right. And I, but I would be like, Hey, this is Madison. And I'm like, I don't know why. And like, we had to keep redoing it and redoing it. And it was like, I was so nervous because like, also like, it's someone that I've been following for so long, like right. I've been such a supporter of him. So it felt like unreal to be able to do this. So I think I was just so nervous and yeah. like, you could tell because like this whole interview, I'm like, like, like my mind is just like in so many different places. And like, I was just nervous, but it was just so funny. So like, I look back at all these things and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, uh, you just go, you, you develop and you change as a business. So like all of my failures, like I have definitely, you learn from them and you pick yourself back up and you move on. Like you really just can't get down over the losses too, because like, there's going to be times in a business where you lose big time. Like you oh, learn yeah. a very hard lesson and it's like going to be hard to figure like whether that's a financial loss or it's like something like where it hurts you emotionally to think about. Where it's just like, you know, it bruises your ego. You're going to, I mean, you're going to say the wrong things on social media. You're going to get bad comments. Maybe you have a bad perspective and you get facts wrong or something like that. And it's going to be a moment where you're like, wow, that I, I learned from that. And like, sometimes you have to take a post down because maybe you didn't get something factually correct, or at least like what, what I'm doing, like, you're not always going to be right. And some things are going yeah. to be wrong. And like, you're just going to learn. Um, but yeah, it's just like, you really have to learn how to pick yourself up from your losses, move on and make it better. Like you really, I like look at every, everything that has happened in my business that has not been great. Uh, or like, you know, it's just been a sticky situation. I will look at that and analyze and be like, what did I do wrong here? Cause like, what, what can I learn from this and apply it to the next time I cross this bridge? 
Like you yeah. really, and like, that's how things develop, right? Like that's how everything develops. Like it's how businesses develop. It's how people develop. Like you need to reflect to make yourself better. For sure. And also every expert or every, you know, professional athlete, every su- successful uh, business person, every billionaire, like they didn't start out. No one starts out doing well. Like everyone yeah. embarrassed themselves. Everyone put out, you know, crappy content. Everyone did stuff that was cringy. Like you can't, if you're not, you're, again, you're not playing the game. So like, mm-hmm. that's just a given. Like when you start, you have to just be like, I'm going to be cringy. I'm going to fail. This is going to bomb. Like, I mean, you shouldn't tell yourself like this is going to bomb every time, but <laughs> just know, like, especially if you're just starting something new, you have to give yourself time to develop. It's totally, it's totally normal. And then, like you said, you evolve. And even for instance, like your t-shirt making thing, like, okay, maybe it didn't do super well right now. Fast forward 10 mm-hmm. years, five, two years from now, your following's blowing up. You know how to go through that process. You learn something from it. You can take it and be like, hey, maybe I'll sell merchandise now. Like every fail yeah. I've had, I've used to my benefit and have realized that it it's weird. It's almost, it's very divine. It feels like it's like a circle coming back. And it's like, oh, you learned that from, remember that? And now I already mm-hmm. have that knowledge, and but I'm in a better spot. And so I'm going to take that knowledge and apply it to this. And you level yeah. up. So even like from having crappy jobs in LA, like there's something I always picked up that I've now applied to, well, there's content creation, running a business, like interacting with people. It's it's always, there's, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And especially along the path of developing your business, it's going to, it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- so I, I haven't told anyone this or anyone I'm listening, but me and Megan have known each other for like, we met each other a couple yeah. of years ago back in Charlotte. And it's so crazy because you know, we were like in the content creating political commenting or comedy circle. And we've kind of just like seen each other grow since yeah. then. And it's just been so interesting. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, like I see you out here do like, you know, brand shifting and growing and doing all of these things. And, I, and it's just so cool to be able to per, like, see that growth, like from the outside. And I just love that. Like, it, it, like you said, like, we all just like, we, we cross paths here and there. And it's like yeah. so crazy. Cause like, it's, even if like I like it wasn't intentional, like there are things in our circles like where we cross paths again, and I'm like, this is just so crazy. And like to me, it's like wow, like that's how you know you're like that's like another like I guess it, to me it's not a sign because I am like Christian and I believe that like God gives you these like things that like okay, this is how you know that you're in the right place and it's a divine appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the way I see it is like okay, I know that I'm in the right place because I met the right people, mm-hmm. and like these people keep showing up in my life again yep. and again and again. And it's like, okay, now we're like growing together and like we kind of like get to network and like, you know, help each other. And I feel like that is like such a cool thing too. It's like has meeting people and networking. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I'm like so happy we met in Charlotte. I mean, I was there for such a short period of time and it was such a weird period of my life. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, like you're really the only person from Charlotte that I'm, I'm I'm honored. I'm friends with because we, we met and it just, it seems like, yeah, it seems very divine and we've kept connecting and it's really cool that, I mean, I've like, your stuff has been amazing. Like you've completely, your brand is awesome and you're like doing super well. And so I feel the same way about you. And I think, yeah, it's funny. We keep, we keep running into the same people. Yeah. And one last thing is that I want to talk about is you, you mentioned this before, but you said that your friend's mom, like is older and now she's like finally blowing up on TikTok. And so something that we heard in this podcast was sometimes like you don't hit your success until you're like, yep. like until late in life. I love but that. I, yeah. And he said like, does it like, it does, does it matter though? Like, does it matter if you just have this short term success while you're young or would you prefer to be like six years old 
and blow up and hit the peak of your life and have all of your medical bills covered yep. and like not have to worry about retirement or anything like that. And you can just look like, it doesn't really matter what that timeline is. No. And that's been such a struggle for me. I, I'm someone who I got to Hollywood at, at 22, 23. And I was like, I need to win an Oscar in a year. And I'm going to like, I just totally delusional. Um, and I, I would, I spent basically like a decade being mad at myself of like not being successful enough and not blowing up and like not, you know, but at the same time I've watched people blow up, but fizzle quickly. Like they get mm -hmm. this overnight success and it's not sustainable. I've seen it happen with a handful of people. I know very well. And, um, it, that's been the hardest lesson for me is patience and understanding that, especially when I listened to that podcast last night, it was so validating because I was like, I really needed to hear this because it's something I've been working on. And just realizing that, again, you have your entire life ahead of you. People started businesses when they were in their 50s. KFC started KFC when he was, or Colonel Sanders started KFC when he was in his like late 60s. Like, wow. yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And if anything, it almost feels more valuable or more, um, it, like more of a thing if you have this like long-term expansion and growth and it's something real, it's something you've put a lot of time and effort into building and it isn't just a quick overnight thing. And I think yeah. you develop more character that way as well. You're not getting this like rush, you know, ego thing of like, and then I think that creates problems because you blow up quickly, you're, you're thrust into the media. And I think it was a blessing for me because I wouldn't have been able to handle that like at all. I, I, it just wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I would have collapsed, crashed and burned. And so I think, yeah, patience is so key in just realizing that there is no rush. You don't need to, wouldn't you rather like blow up in 10 years from now than blow up right now and it lasts for like six months, a year, and then you're over it and you don't, you're kind of lost. Like it's almost like a childhood star thing where mm -hmm. it's this, you know, you, you get that young and then the rest of your life. I mean, sure, you go on to other things, but there's something to be said about that really slow, steady growth. Yeah, and it's like your 15 minutes of fame could be yeah. over. So it's like there is something to be said about that slow burn and something that like now that you're talking about it, like the whole character thing, I remember him saying that said something like, sometimes about that. your care. Yeah, your character might not be ready for the kind of success that you that you want in this moment. And I'm like, when he said that, I'm like, whoa, because yep. like the lessons that I have learned in the past 12 months of my life have been very, very hard. Like I've had to, like, I mean, it was just a big character building year for me because, you know, I, I've spent a lot more time uh, collaborating and meeting people. And like my biggest thing that I have had to learn in a very, like in multiple circumstances was, was that you can't trust everybody. And like, I oh. give everyone blind trust. And like, I'll just like meet someone. I'm I like, could write oh a gosh, book like, about this. Yeah. I'm like, he's so nice. Let's have him on the podcast. And like, they turn around and they turn, like, they have it out for me. Like they, oh. they are trying, like, it's like, I'm like, I, I would have never expected that. Like, because yep. I just trusted you. And I thought they were so nice. And like, I'm very naive when it comes to that sense. And I had to learn that in a very, like a, over the course of this past year. And for me, like if I would have had success before all of that, those lessons learned, like I, who knows, like I would have, I'm just trusting way too many people. And I've had to learn that you need to keep yours, like bring back that circle. Not everyone is your friend. Mm -hmm. You don't like, you can be nice to everyone, but don't give everyone trust. Don't give everyone like, don't overshare with them. Like, don't let them 
like necessarily in and that's not a bad thing it's like me protecting myself my brand my business you have to be able to do that and reel that in and that is something that like I just think that everyone is so so nice and like I'll have to like call my friend Rachel and be like oh my gosh Rachel and like Rachel's like no like you like there's like you need you're looking at it like you think they're so nice but like that's not it like have you looked at it from this perspective and I'm like oh no so it's like such a good lesson that I've had like it was a really I've had to learn it in multiple circumstances over and over again this past year but like that was like my thing is like if I would have just gotten that success without learning all of those things I would not have been able to handle that success and it would have crumbled very very fast because I just trust absolutely everyone and I think everyone's so nice so like I'm glad that I've learned that and I think that is like such a good thing is like all of these struggles and things that you are doing to grow your business like you are not, maybe you're just not ready for that kind of success yet. Even though you may want it, the things yep. that you are going to learn while, when you're failing and you're trying to build this, those things will help you manage that success. A hundred percent. And the, the trusting people thing, I could write a novel. I could write 15 novels on that. The amount of people. You just can't trust people oh, on the internet. I, I mean, my parents have always made fun of me. They're like, you are the most like trusting, like naive, whatever. I went to Hollywood and I learned real hard and real quick. Oh, I was, I have, you know, talk about my biggest fails. It's trusting the wrong people and letting the wrong people in. And I, I mean, something happened a week ago with someone there. I'm like, cool. Like I, why did I not see that? Why did I not listen to my gut? Why, like, why am I in this position again? But every time it's like, you have to learn that lesson and people respect Mm -hmm. you more when you do have a bit of a guard up and you value your, like, you know, your time, your brand, your energy, and you can't let everyone in because people seem very nice. But especially today, it seems like sadly, a lot of people are, it's just, they're out for themselves. Yeah. They put on like a front and like, that's my thing is like, I mean, we've had people on the podcast, like where they've taken our footage oh. and like, I spread like our, like they'll clip it up and like turn around and make very, make it sound very mean. Like they'll clip it up and like clip things out. So like what I'm saying is not what I actually said. So I've had that happen. And I was like scrolling and I was like, or like uh, he posted it and it was a reel and it was very like, I'm like, I saw it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is not what I said. And I'm like, take that. Like, what, what are you? Oh, that's awful. And at first I was like, you know me, I was like, Hey, I saw that reel didn't really appreciate it do you think you could take that down and my business partner at the time was like you will take that shit down like i own this video footage like this is this is like copyrighted to us if you don't take this down we will get legal involved and i'm like yeah like whatever she said and i'm like still trying to be nice but i'm like i saw it it was like oh my gosh i don't even it was like something about like a, a red flag uh clip that we did and they're like basically saying that like red she's a red flag for this and i'm like it attacked me and i'm like oh i'd be so oh, pissed I'm like, whoa. And then like, you know, the lesson learned was like, I will watermark everything yes, that yes. I give out to people now because basically what like they were doing was like clipping it up, making it look bad. Um, So like now, like, I mean, we own like whatever, like I guess is like shot with like our camera and stuff. Like we own that. So like right. we have the right to ask for it to be taken down. But like, and then it's like clipped up and they, they'll like use it for their own footage or something. So it's like people have, I don't, you don't know people's intentions. So like my lesson from that was like watermark everything, get people to sign paperwork if it's someone that you don't already know that 100%. you haven't done business with yes like that's like such a good lesson but after seeing that one I was like wow that was a lesson learned and yep. it was like you know some random person that I didn't know was a friend of a friend that was like they'd love to like come on your podcast and talk I'm like oh my gosh and like my thought the entire podcast was like they are so nice and like oh, the I whole do the same thing. Like, thinking, <laughs> I'm like wow and like and my friend like afterwards was like wow that was like he I, I don't trust him and I'm like in my head I'm like 
whoa, like I that was, was fantastic. So yeah. yeah, I'm like, he's so genuine. And my friend was like, no, he's fake. And I'm like, oh my, and I'm over here. And it's just like, I, I always just like, I look, I don't look for the bad in anyone. I don't like, either. I need like, and it's not like you need to, but you do just need to be like, okay, I can't trust them. So like, that was like something that, that yeah. I learned that was and, just. Well, no, and it is a gift. Like I don't, you know, and it, you don't want to harden yourself too much because I think it's very rare to be screwed over and still stay like a kind person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like that. Yeah, very... me like been screwed over again and again and again. Oh, I'm, same. Like, ready for the next? Can't wait. <laughs> but like, yeah, no. If you can learn from it, and you're like, all right, this isn't happening again. I can still be a kind person, but like, yeah. also don't screw with me. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, it's that yeah. golden retriever energy. I feel like we have yes. that. It's yes. like, oh, like I just want to just be nice to everyone. Yes. But that yes. is like my my goal this year is to like not like be careful with what I'm posting on social media. Make sure it has the right intentions, and also like do not be like too much golden retriever because I have that 100%. really bad habit. And like, I think people smell that out too. Like they do. I've noticed that people, they're they like, Oh my gosh, she's so nice. Like, and like, they think that I'm naive or something. So yep. they'll take advantage of me. But I'm like, listen, like I'm nice, but I'm not stupid. There's a yep. difference. Like Same. I can, I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm nice to you. And like, I want to, I want to like expect the best. And I want to, like, champion you, but also, like, I'm not stupid. So, like, don't get, like, they think that they can take advantage and that I'm not going to know because I'm some idiot. I'm like, no, I'm not an idiot. I'm just nice. That's the thing. Is That's why it is a bit of a superpower. Like, if you are aware, but you're very kind and you can see through stuff, like, that is very, very hard to do. So if you can ha- if you can harness the energy of, like, okay, I still need to protect myself, but I can be no. kind and also see through whatever you're pulling, like, that's really, that's hard to do. And I think it's... You know, I'd rather be like that than someone who is just miserable and always, I, I mean, I dealt with that in LA a lot. Just people who are just not, are they always expect the worst. They always assume the worst about someone yeah. and they're, they're, they're ruthless and it ruins relationships. It burns bridges. So I'd rather be nice and then dial it back a little than the opposite. But yeah, I think that's yeah. also a big goal of mine too. It's been a goal of mine for like, since I came <laughs> out of the womb. So still working on it. Yeah. Like this year. I'm <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hopefully next year I'm going to be like, wow, like no one, no one got me this. Yes. Let's check back in. Yeah. And honestly, like I would much rather be the person getting screwed over than screwing someone over. Like I'd rather be like, "Mm, well, that one didn't work out. So like I'd rather be on this end. So I'm because you know, that that person has to like live with that and that's going to come back eventually, even if it's in years from now, like it's going to come back. Yeah. And like what we have to live with the fact that we are just nice nice yeah exactly took advantage of that exactly like okay that's not my like it's not necessarily my fault so like i i can much i i can much easier live with the fact that we are just too nice yeah and too trusting than not trusting at all or screwing people over we're not doing it anymore we're putting our foot down no no this is it whoever's watching this (laughs) will come for you (laughs) i'm gonna get (laughs) you like cracking my knuckles i'm like yeah i'm taking shit seriously this year (laughs) And then, like, one person, you like, wanna, oh, yeah. You want to <laughs> screw? Yeah. No one's screwing me over. You're not no. going to talk shit about me. No. You put things up and make me look bad. We're done with that. And I'm well, going to also... my Karen voice. That, yes. And also, that's a really shady move, though. Like, that's never happened to me. That's pretty next level. Yeah. I honestly, like, I, I thought it was kind of funny. But, like, my friend was like, that's not funny. I was like, okay, it's not funny. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no, but that's really mean. But you don't like, understand how much I relate to what you're saying right now. I would, one of my best friends in LA, like we, her, her and I are the same way like this. And we always call each other and like, 
why were we so nice? Like, they just, <laughs> you're yelling at us. We're so nice. Like, what is going on? And that's, it's yeah. like, yeah. No, I totally, I get it. Yeah, I would, like, literally scroll past, like, someone roasting me on the internet. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so funny. And then I'm like, no, <laughs> like, you're not doing that to me. Like, <laughs> I'm drawing the line. Exactly. I, I'm harnessing that this year. I feel like I need Same. that something that I need to, re- I'm going to read a book on that. <laughs> like, there's, um. Next, third book is how to draw a line. I love that. There's, how to establish oh, it. I love, I, I should write that. I need a, I have a lot of experience not doing that. So maybe it'd be good. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like how how to draw the line and say i've been also like saying no a lot this year too same I same no today i i never say no and it's like that's like and i sometimes you I have to do it for fun yeah no, i do you, it for fun now that that's a huge that was a huge lesson for me for the past three years i'm someone who says yes to everything and mm-hmm. i've it's it's hard like at first i would i like started to feel bad and i questioned things and but now i'm like no, if you can get through the initial stages and you just keep saying no to things that you, not everything, but things you don't want to do, yeah. or you don't feel comfortable with, you start feeling more and more empowered. And you're yeah. like, oh, wait, okay. I don't need to jump at every little thing. Yeah. Like I'm my you're own like, person. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. No, I've just like, I've been practicing <laughs> saying no, which seems so silly, but I'm like, I have to like, no. practice it on the little things. Like we, I went to like uh, some putt putting place and they were like, can you give us like your date of birth? And I was like, no. Yeah, good. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. And then I was like, man, what are you I know, you're like, that? oh, wait, that felt good. Yeah. What do you, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's like, Mm-mm. like, no. I, I don't have to actually. And I, I know it. I don't have to give put check my date no. of birth and my email address. I'm not signing up for whatever this is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just starting to say no here and there. And like, someone asked me to like, do some like model and some photo shoot tomorrow. I was like, I don't. I don't have the time. For, and like someone asked me and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how much, I don't, I don't have time for a photo shoot tomorrow. Like, hey, that's not going to fit in my schedule. And I felt so bad. I was like, wow, how can I rework my day to like fit this? I don't even know these no. people. I don't even know what's happening. No. But then I was like, you know what? No, thank you. No. Like, no, thank you. I'm going to put no, thank you. No, thank you. business. Yeah. I'm exactly. like, no, thank if that's okay with you. No, thank you. Period. No. <laughs> yeah so that's just yeah. like also add that into the news resolution practice i love that no. I'm, I'm working on yeah. the same thing so we can check back in from a year from now and we'll be yeah we'll, we'll be on yeah. it yeah yeah no one screwed us over we're like oh yeah like i say no all the time i know now we like swung the opposite way where it's like all right chill a little <laughs> yeah. we got crazy with the nose it's like no period that's it yeah like no no thank you it's just like no no. you're not even getting an answer yeah exactly no (laughs) i love this for us i'm glad you said yes to this though of course i will always say yes to this and i love talking to you and i love your show and um thank you as always for having me on i'm down to come on anytime and you need to come on my podcast now yeah that's okay amazing yeah i would love that so what date does your book officially come out do you have a date i yet? i so it's february 15th um okay. i'm just keep shifting it because i didn't even realize this at the time but you have to go through an editor and a formatter and then you have to like oh. get it up on on amazon and establish like the okay. categories and all this stuff so i've i've shifted a few times but for now tentatively february 15th it, it should be up and ready to purchase and I will okay, send you a awesome. copy. Yes. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to read it. So whenever it's out, I'll share it with y'all. And Thank you so make much. Make sure that we have the links everywhere. Thank you so much for coming on. Of and course. we'll definitely have you on again soon. Thank you. Thank you.